ILCA is, today, the world's leading and most important multidisciplinary society tackling liver cancer. ILCA. Hello, my name is Lorenza Rimassa. I'm a medical oncologist at the Humanitas University and Humanitas Research Hospital in Milan, Italy. It's my great pleasure to introduce my collaborator today for this podcast, Marco Sanduzzi Zamparelli from the BCLC in Barcelona, Spain. And we are recording this podcast live from the ILCA Annual Conference 2022. So we are really happy to summarize the abstracts presented in general session four entitled therapy and miscellaneous and clinical trials in progress and this session has just um, finished so we had uh, four very interesting abstracts i will start asking um, marco what do you think about the the first presented abstract that was uh, the presentation of the results of the observational registry of atezolizumab plus bevacizumab used in routine clinical practice preliminary results of the ab real international study Yes, Lorenza, thank you for the introduction. It was a very exciting uh, session. And starting from the first abstract, Claudia uh, Fulgenzi made a very nice presentation. This was a real practice, uh, real life study, and is what we need now after the result of the Imbrief 150. They included around 300 patients, uh, 296 from Europe, Asia, and US, and analyzed and reported the result in terms of overall survival, response, and adverse events. So baseline characteristics of the patient are similar uh, to the patient uh, of the IMPRE 150 because they excluded all the child B patient and patient with performance status 2 of 3. And at the very end, the overall survival was around 16 months, and uh, they made also comparison to the results of the IMPRE 150, and they did not find any different statistical significance in terms terms of overall survival. They reported also the result of the progression-free survival and the objective response rate. The objective response rate was around 30% uh, in line to what reported in BRAVE 150. Uh, the progression-free survival also was reported, but I had just some concern in this sense because, of course, that, that it was a retrospective study and yeah. was emerged in the discussion that potentially this could be, um, uh, in, a, in a way, biased due to the different schedule that could happen in different centers. At the very end, uh, in the multivariate analysis, albigrate and the presence of uh, portal vein thrombosis were associated with uh, the outcome in terms of overall survival and regarding the safety profile. Uh, the treatment-related adverse events were reporting 74% of the cases, 21.3% immune-related adverse events, and 8.4% the uh, hemorrhagic events. I, I think that this is one of the first st studies that we need in the real life, and the conclusion are that uh, the results are quite similar to the Imbrief 150. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's a real uh, life uh, uh, experience and it's, uh, it's really important because the, the data with the, the, the limitations you, you mentioned, but the data confirm the results of the phase three yeah. trial. So it's really uh, important. So after that, we had a second presentation by 
Tim Mayer, uh, where the title is Overall Safety and Efficacy from the Phase 1 Trial of ADP A2FP Spirit Cells in Patients with Advanced Epicellular Carcinoma or Other Cancer Type Expressing Alpha Fetoprotein. So, in, in, in summary, what, what do you think about this, this, this presentation? Well, this, uh, this presentation and the, the, the study itself uh, is really, really interesting because there's a new therapeutic approach to uh, hepatocellular carcinoma. Very briefly, um, ADP A2A uh, AFP uh, specific peptide enhanced affinity receptor uh, spear, as I mentioned in the title, uh, autologous T cells are um, genetically engineered to target the tumors that express AFP. So, uh, important in, in patients selected for HLA A02 compatibility antigen, uh, histocompatibility antigen. So, um, it's a trial that included not only HCC, but also other cancer types uh, expressing uh, AFP. Uh, and it's a uh, phase one first in human trial, so really lo novel data presented uh, here. Uh, in the end, as I said, uh, not only HCC, but also other cancer types expressing AFP, but in the end, most of the patients, uh, 20 out of, of uh, 21, uh, were patients with HCC, so, mm -hmm. so it's really a trial for patients with HCC. And uh, what is really interesting, because it was a bit... I think all the, the, the investigators and all the, the hepatology community had a bit concern, a bit of concern in treating uh, patients with HCC with a highly aggressive uh, regimen because it was the first part with the chemotherapy and then the infusion of the autologous engineer T cells. So it's a complex treatment that similar to the treatment we are used to using hematology, but not so much in, in oncology, especially in oncohepatology. But in the end, what is the important message of this presentation is that the treatment, the, this kind of therapy, uh, was very well tolerated. Unfortunately, the efficacy data were not I mean, the, the, the phase one trial did not meet the uh, predefined endpoints. So the trial is negative, but this is a new kind of treatment. Uh, it's feasible, and so I think it's, uh, uh, it can open other uh, or new avenues for treatment for patients with HCC. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. This is uh, a, a possible treatment that we can do in, in our patient with HCC and try with, with other strategy. But it's, it's, it's very interesting because in other cancer type, it works yeah. very well, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So there, there was uh, another interesting presentation by Gasanabo Alpha, uh, pemigatinib for previously treated locally advanced or metastatic cholangiocarcinoma, final result of the phi 202 Can you briefly expose what, what do you think about this study? Uh, yes, Marco. This is uh, the presentation of the final results from the phi 22 um, The uh, results of the primary analysis have been published uh, in the Lancet Oncology. And this is a really important study. Uh, first, because it's cholangiocarcinoma, we don't have so many trials. Or in the past, we didn't have so many trials in patients for patients with cholangio. Uh, this trial is a phase two trial with uh, three different cohorts, but we focus on the cohorts of patients with uh, FGFR2 gene fusions or rearrangements. And uh, uh, more than 100 patients with these uh, genetic alterations were enrolled in the study. The uh, results are really impressive because the overall response rate is at 37% and the disease control rate was over 80%. That is not uh, seen with other strategies. There are other, to be fair, other FGFR2 inhibitors, but I mean, focusing on the strategy where we were not 
used to see such results in patients uh, with the cholangiocarcinoma. The uh, median duration of response is nine months. And uh, if we look at the, the progression-free survival and overall survival, the progression-free survival is seven months as a median, and the median overall survival was uh, 17.5 months with a long follow-up. And these results are even more uh, impressive because all the patients were previously treated with the standard treatment, so this is not a first-line treatment. Um, so the results are really impressive in terms of efficacy. Um, um, regarding the um, safety profile, uh, there is a typical adverse event related to uh, the um, FGFR inhibitors, that is a hyperphosphatemia. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is most common in according more than 50% uh, of the patients, but it's easily managed with uh, phosphate binding or with uh, uh, some changes in the diet. And so it is uh, definitely manageable. So this final analysis demonstrated that pemigatinib provide patients with durable responses, prolonged um, overall survival, and the safety profile is really manageable. This is, as I said, for patients with advanced cholangiocarcinoma previously treated with the standard treatment and with FGFR2 gene fusions or rearrangements. And Based on these results, there is an ongoing phase three trial, that is the FIT302, that is testing pemigatinib in first line versus the standard of care that is represented by uh, chemotherapy. Uh, and uh, these results uh, highlight the need for molecular testing for patients with cholangiocarcinoma because we have to know if patients have, in this case, FGFR2 gene fusions, but other molecular alterations to be treated with uh, uh, specific targeted agents. Absolutely, we do. And the, the, the four abstract was, uh, again, a really interesting abstract with a new presented data. And it's entitled Adverse Event Profiles and Time to Onset and Resolution with a Trimilimumab plus Durvalumab in Patients with Unresectable Hepatocellular Carcinoma in the Phase 3 Himalaya Trial. And this data have been presented by Bruno Sangro. Marco, what do you think of this yes, uh, data? I found this presentation very, very interesting, as you mentioned, because it's, it's, it's an analysis of the Himalaya trial from another perspective, that, that the safety profile that have been uh, analyzed in detail, we know that uh, it has been recently published with positive results in terms of survival. So we have another option in, in, in first line, the combination of uh, uh, one dose of Trimi uh, followed by Durva. And the other option, of course, is, is, is the non-inferiority of of Durvalumab uh, in, in comparison to, to, to Serafinib. So what the author analyzed here is basing uh, the safety profile and the time to onset and time to resolution. So uh, as we know that, that, that the median cycle of treatment were six months in the stride combination, the one mm -hmm. infusion of Treme followed by Durva, four, five cycle in the, in the Durva monotherapy. So the most frequent adverse event with rash, pruritus, diarrhea, and hypothyroidism, there, are, there, there have been exposed in detail the time to onset and time to resolution, but globally, uh, they appeared in the first three months, less than 90 days, and the time to resolution was uh, in, in less than 60 days, especially in, in, in stride combination. So in, in general, something that we already knew from the, the, the first public, publication of in New England Journal of Medicine Evidence, 
uh, is that uh, treatment-related adverse event leading to, uh, uh, to, to that occurred in 2.3% of the cases, uh, and immune adverse event of any grade in 35%, while those that required a high dose of steroids, more than uh, 40 milligrams of, of steroids, occurred in 20% of, of, of the cases. I, I think that in general, with, with, with this information, uh, we, we can work better in our, our clinical practice because we have now information details on, on this, on this um, safety profile of this new regimen that we hope to, to have really soon. Yeah, I agree with you. This uh, safety data are really reassuring, and uh, mm -hmm. as soon as we have the regimen, we will have another option, another first-line option for our patients with HCC. So thank you, Marco. Thank you, Lorenzo. And uh, thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This episode is sponsored by Heptama Research, an international peer-reviewed, gold-open access, continuously published online academic journal, founded by OAE Publishing Inc. The journal aims to provide an academic exchange platform focusing on all topics of liver cancer and its related diseases through publications, video abstracts, webinars and interviews. ILCA is today the world's leading and most important multidisciplinary society tackling liver cancer. ILCA